0: Hello and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. This
1: is Jenny and I'm with Doug and Jackie Marshall who are back in the office from Malta. So welcome back, it's lovely to see you. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about what mission looks like for you guys on Malta in that I'm assuming it's not quite as the holiday destination we might all have in our imaginations.
0: Uh, you're right. It's not the uh, holiday destination everyone knows. Um, it is, it is a lovely place. It is warm, it is sunny, you've got lovely sea, uh, absolutely. Um, however, day to day for us, uh, is pretty much working with people who are marginalized, uh, who need advocacy. Uh, so asylum seekers are not particularly welcome there, I think that would be a fair assessment. So we work to be welcoming, uh, to assist people, uh, to realise that they actually are capable in a number of ways. So our work is meeting with people, accompanying them, discussing various issues and as of course you develop a relationship you can talk about deeper issues uh, as time goes on. So. Yeah, a lot of uh, relational work in a place where most people are holidaying or getting on with life. Uh, and refugees often can't get on with life, so that's where we come in.
1: Great, so do you work alongside local organisations or are you working directly just with refugees or a mixture?
0: A uh, mixture, yes. Um, so a lot of it is one-on-one with refugees, uh, or with groups. Uh, I've up until recently helped coordinate... Uh, St. Andrew's Scots Church's Blue Door English program which is aimed at asylum seekers and refugees. Um, but we we assist sometimes in research, uh, we assist in providing information to different groups, different NGOs, so some will focus on providing training and we will provide our experience for that to go into the training. Uh, we. We've helped develop uh, the Malta page for a, an app called Love Europe. Um, so it's a little bit here and there of everything. We don't we don't have any major collaborations though. It's almost on an ad hoc basis. Uh, for me, the main thing is working directly with refugees. And if we can't help them directly, we then refer them to those who can.
1: Great. And um, so do you go into kind of the centres where refugees are living, or do you hold, kind of events that they come to?
2: No, it's mostly like relational. We meet people in different places. It could be on the bus, it could be, you know, I volunteer at the food bank, it could be the food bank, it could be anywhere. And it's just building relationships and through that you get to know, you get to know their friends and you get to know what, what how what help people need. It could be anything from helping them find an office they have to go to or it could just be just sitting down and just talking with them you know just being their friend that's what they need more than anything you know
1: everyone's in a different place obviously refugees have been in the headlines for a while now um and as you're kind of working more at the coalface what would you say to people who describe the situation in europe currently as a a refugee crisis
0: um I i would like to turn it around and say Uh, I don't think the only crisis in Europe is a crisis of conscience, and a crisis of values. Uh, Numerically, if you see how many people have come into Europe in the last five years, it's not enough to constitute an invasion. This is often the term used. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with how we react. If we want to talk crisis, let's go look at Lebanon, Jordan, a couple Mm -hmm. of other countries, then we, and yet we don't see a lot of focus on that. Uh, Those countries maybe are a little bit more used to variations of influx uh, of people of the movement of people, so uh, I think globally we're seeing an increase in displaced people. So that is a trend which I think could be fairly described as a crisis. But if we were to believe that Europe was the epicenter of it, I think we were very wrong on that. Uh, so. Cr- Um, I think Europe needs to grab the bull by the horns, but in a positive way. Uh, I see a lot of heads in the sand going, oh, I would like this to disappear, make it go away. Uh, But if we were to actually be proactive, uh, as we've seen in Germany, uh, on one side of the coin anyway, they've been very proactive, Uh, convenient maybe, Uh, we would say moral victory to Mrs. Merkel, but I... Germany needed a workforce, and Syrians are educated and generally quite well-skilled, so that fills a hole. Uh, If we were to suggest a million people from a different country who were not as well-educated or as well-skilled, would they have been welcomed in Germany? I would say not. So uh, it's it's work, it's effort, yes. There's no magic bullet to make it go away. There's no silver bullet. So let's... Let's actually do the hard work. Let's actually engage properly with people. These are people, not not numbers. Um, uh, people say, well, refugees equals drain on resources. Well, if you treat refugees correctly, the way you should and the biblically, if we want to follow a biblical model, we actually contribute to our own societal well-being, not, uh, not just being do-gooders. Oh, you know, we've done a nice thing for someone. It's actually, well, we help them and they help us. We contribute to Creating a society that is sustainable and strong uh, and not biased and uh, threatened by uh, irrational fears.
1: And can you tell us any any stories or anything about some of the people that you've met over the last couple of years or so? Are there any that stick in the memory?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think with sticking in the memory, there are the ones, there are some real horror stories. I won't go into details or be too too graphic. I think there's two types of story. There's one where you see resilience. You see people coming that have been through a lot. uh, And they're still there. They're hanging on. It's not by no means a sure footing. But they're hanging on. Others, they've come through a lot. And they're at a point of saying, I'm so stressed. I'm so unable to provide. I'm thinking social services should take my children away from me. Um... We've seen that. We've had people say that to us. We've seen the, the living conditions, the family conditions. Um, people typically have a very difficult time coming through Libya. Uh, if uh, They've already had a hard time prior to that. Uh, there's no easy highway from East Africa or Central Africa up to the African North Coast. Uh, and so there's some often unspeakable things that have happened. Uh, but it's been successive traumas often. And so by the time they're in Libya trying to get on a boat to Europe, there's no way there's any going back because physically it's often impossible. No one really goes the other way. Um, And you go to Europe or you die trying, quite simply put. And that's why people get on rickety boats and will pay the money and take the risk because there's death. If there's not death forwards, there will be death going backwards. So... Yeah, it's a predicament, it's a large problem. Uh, I mean, these areas of, of, of the Sahara and, and surrounds that are unmanageable, there's always been humanitarian flows, but yeah, by the time people get to, to Libya or to the north coast of Africa, they've been through a lot, and Europe is the hope that they, they hang on to.
2: And it's easy for people to forget that people that are fleeing and have been through so much trauma, no matter which route they've taken when they arrive in Malta or in Europe, they're vulnerable people. Mm. Whether they're six-foot-four strong man, he's still going to be vulnerable yeah. to families with kids. Whether they're resilient or not, they are vulnerable people, mm-hmm. even if it might not show when you talk to them. Yeah. As soon as you get to know people, you can see behind that that, yeah, they're still vulnerable right now. And, mm. yeah. and what can we do to help? sometimes really there's
1: very very little we can do. Mm. Mm. And what would you say to kind of UK churches in the face of the messaging about refugees but also obviously people coming to the UK what mm. would you suggest for kind of them as a
0: response? I can see where it's easy to play on fears. Mm-hmm. People are different. They've maybe a different faith, different faith, different belief set. Um, culturally different. And I think, in, in a sense, it's maybe normal to feel that that's a little bit threatening. However, I think that thing gets preyed upon by various people in, in various sectors who want to increase that fear for political gain. So all of a sudden, the other becomes really threatening, really dangerous. Do these people learn our language? Do they want to learn our language? What are they bringing with them? Um, are they terrorists? You know, And this is a European-wide thing. Uh, for the churches in the UK, I think dig deep. Get through the, the, the top rhetoric that we hear, the front page headlines that uh, often can be erroneous and yet the correction is on page 17 in the smallest font you can find. I think get real about it. It's so easy to, to wind people up about things they're afraid of. Uh, as we know, in, in any topic that people are afraid of. Um, again, it's not easy. I think there we have seen historically in the UK where almost a ghettoization to a point. Um, there are places where there are people who uh, have not learned to speak English or culturally adjust. We don't want to el- eliminate their culture or eradicate who they are. They don't need to pay that kind of price. But I think it's a two-way street and we need to be proactive uh, to include people. Uh doesn't mean it will always work, but I think if we're going to be following uh, a biblical and a Christian example, we need to be engaging and it's it's engaging with these difficult tasks. And they're count- counter-cultural right now in the in the in the Brexit uh, if I may use that word in the uh, the Brexit atmosphere we have. This is an extremely counter-cultural thing to do and yet this is what we as Christians are called to do
2: and I think as the church I think even it's just getting to know meet refugees meet asylum seekers in your area and you'll see they're they're just people okay they have a different culture they might think a little different they might do things a little different and that can be a little uncomfortable but just get to know them and you'll find out actually they're just like us a different language in that but they're people and Mm. the more people you get to know the more asylum seekers you get to know you'll find it Mm. harder to classify them as a refugee and asylum seeker, you'll just, you'll know their name Mm. and it's incredible what that can do
1: Mm. Great, and you alluded to one of the fears that people articulate that, what if they're terrorists, what Mm. if they're terrorists hiding out, how do we do that and I guess And we probably have to be realistic Mm. that in amongst a large group of people, there will be some who are completely pure emotive, some who are not so pure, some, Mm -hmm. you know, there'll be be all sorts of people. How, what should our, do you think our response should be? Or what is the response that you have to kind of put into place as people Mm. arrive and you just don't know?
0: Yeah, I think there's uh, pretty much the authorities, uh, they will sometimes have information on a person and sometimes they won't. Obviously, if people, if someone arrives off a boat, uh, doesn't have any identification, we don't know who that person is one way or another. Uh, they will provide a name, we have to believe that that's the name they, they are known by. Um, I, I could point to research and, and statistics that sort of indicate more or less what we would expect of a group of people arriving. Uh, that of course uh, that is kind of me skipping out of answering a hard question Uh, i would think there are amongst people arriving there are probably those who are terrorists who are there intentionally and through that route specifically to do some cause some trouble we have seen it happen um there are criminals as with any population group uh i think Part of this is part of our response. If we're just going to treat these people as numbers and resist them, you don't get to know them. If you're only relying on your intelligence sources, your police records, you're not going to get to know people. Um, And again, I can point to a number of communities where elements of those communities committed something, whether it be a a fairly serious crime, uh, a terrorist action. We can see that. uh, But the communities as a whole will say this was an element within us. Um, and we, in Malta we've seen that historically, we have seen it right now. There's an incident where someone came through Malta who went on to commit a terrorist act. Um, and I would say, if you look at the broader picture, this is typically migration, is what the, especially if you're looking at Islamic terrorism, Islamic State for example, this is a foil to them. They do not want people going to Europe seeking refuge because they should stay in the Islamic State that they are trying to create. That is the good and right way, apparently. So for people to run off and seek refuge in Europe is saying, well, no, you're not providing cover. You're not providing the right way. Uh, Do they use those migration flows to infiltrate? Uh, Typically, how well an organization is set up, uh, they could actually use completely different routes. I mean we've known from various previous groups that they're actually very well organized uh, with officers using air, you know buying flight tickets uh, so it's it's very easy to say oh these people are terrorists all these people are terrorists by and in large the people coming in are looking for refuge whether it be from war or famine drought failed institutions all these sort of things, the same things we would run away from. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if your child's not going to get a good education, there's no food to put on the table uh, in your country for whatever reason, you do something about it. So, it, it does exist that this. Uh, I'm I'm all for good vetting at the border. I'm not just saying let people in, whatever. All for good vetting for health reasons as well. Absolutely, but I think that's been used as a. Uh, a mechanism to impose fear on people proportion.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, blown out of all, proportion, out
0: of all proportion. proportion yes so it is challenging it's not easy I'm not saying we must all be so humanitarian that we don't care about and care about anything that could be real or harmful but um, uh, I think uh, we don't want to paint we can't paint everyone with the same brush because it's not accurate
1: yeah and actually as you've said it's about a relationship and getting to know yeah. people and find out yeah. mm-hmm. who they are and yeah. what they're passionate about yep yeah. great. And as one final question, um, we've been asking lots of people the question what is mission um, to try and bust some myths about that and to help people explore it. So how would each of you complete the sentence mission is?
0: Um, mission is not as foreign as you think it is. I think often we see oh mission where complex technical weird foreign strange people do it, you know. Um, the that, that people use tea bags twice, you know, those those are the people that do mission, and, and I'm not that. I, I think it's not as foreign as we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cross cultural mission can be very difficult, and indeed you can be working in foreign cultures, foreign languages, but it's it's not mission is not as foreign as a lot of people think it is.
2: I think for me, um, it is being Christ to who, whoever you are with, whether it be your friends, your family, or whether it be complete strangers. Mm. It's being Christ to them, whether they know Christ or not, and no matter what the situation.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to Church Mission Society. Dot .org forward slash resources.